welcome back to season three, yes, you heard that right, of Stories from Sydney, History of the Harbour City. I'm Jed. And I'm Alistair. I was just off in my own head about how far we've made it to get to season three. Sorry. (laughs) No, you're absolutely right. We've made it a long way. And I'm pleased to say that we are back for another season. And today we're just going to do a little teaser to let you know some of the exciting things that are coming up in the coming weeks and to build a bit of necessary hype for another excellent season of Stories from Sydney because, of course, we are always so excited to be making the season and the podcast and hopefully you guys are all just as excited to be listening to it. So before we get into all that, though, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we record our podcast. And for the first time in Stories from Sydney history, both of us are on Eora land, as I am currently visiting Sydney for the summer months. And I'm actually recording from Manly. I'd like to, with your permission, Alistair, dive into a short little uh, vignette perhaps you could say, about the Eora and Manly Cove because it's a, it's a spot with a little bit of an interesting history between the meetings of the, the British and, and the Eora some two centuries ago. Yeah, absolutely. Why not give some bonus content in our uh, teaser episode? Not, not an official story, just no. a vi- an official vignette. <laughs> an off-spin of stories from Sydney. Yeah, so... For those, you know, amateur history buffs amongst us, you may well know why Manly has such an unusual name. And I'm guessing you do, Alistair. So would you like to tell us about that? I do. I didn't until I started doing the research for this podcast. But it comes up a bit um, because it's very, very early on in the arrival of the first fleet and the colonists. They were in the area of what is now called Manly Cove. And they... I can't remember the exact story, but the, the, they came upon the um, indigenous inhabitants of the Eora, and they were very impressed by the, the quote, manly demeanor or um, behavior of these uh, native people. And so it is quite literally that the word manly is to do with their notions of masculinity and how they were exhibited by the uh, Aboriginal people. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think it came about because... Banks and Cook had come back describing the natives of Australia as weak, timid, cowardly, and incurious. And I think incurious probably gets more at it. Um, they weren't interested in Banks and Cook. Yeah. So Banks and Cook took offense and described them as weak. <laughs> Just threw um, a whole lot of insults at them in their official accounts. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. And then Governor Philip rocks up with the first fleet in Port Jackson. And, um, you know, he's had an eight-month voyage or whatever it was to consider what his first encounters with the with the people of of what would become Sydney would be like and uh yeah he was like oh these are manly looking men wading out towards his boat so you know in the uh deep tradition and rich history of awful british place naming uh we have manly <laughs> yeah it's a funny one but we don't have an effeminate which i think is a shame <laughs> no that would be a lovely place <laughs> Um, so the story of Manly didn't, and uh, the Eora meeting the British didn't end there. I think Philip ended up with a sort of particular interest in it because he keeps going back there. So obviously they establish a settlement at what is now Sydney, at Sydney Cove. But the, the Eora people kind of avoid the area and just leave them be and don't have much to do with them, which bothers Philip because he was looking forward to, you know, his own 
oh, no doubt ridiculous romantic imagination of what his first meeting with the Yora would be like and it wasn't working out the way he hoped. So he goes over with a crew. Uh, so that was in 1788, obviously, the naming. And then in 1789, he goes over with a crew to Manly Cove and kidnaps a man uh, or a man called Arabanu. And I think you mentioned him, Alistair, yeah. in one of your episodes. In the Sydney language episode, possibly. Yeah, because uh, the same kind of story, that the, the attempts to get to know the Aboriginal people and their language and their customs and beliefs uh, got off to a very slow start because the Aboriginal people weren't particularly interested in engaging with the newly arrived First Fleet. Mm. And so Aravanu died in of smallpox in Sydney shortly after. And so Philip had another crack and went back to Manly and kidnapped two more men called Colby and Benelong. Colby, of whom escaped, and Benelong, who became you know a resident of the colony, really, and went over to England with Philip. But then the most, probably what I would think of as the most famous incident involving the British and the Yora at Manly mm-hmm. Cove happened in 1790 <clears throat> when a large whale was beached at Manly Cove and the Yora gathered there for a big feast. And so Benelong was going to be there. So Philip went over to catch up with him because they were, they were friends. And the British accounts, no one's too sure exactly what happened, but effectively a man named, excuse my mispronunciation here, Willemering, speared Governor Philip. Yes. And I believe the spear pierced all the way through somewhere in his chest or what would you call that part of your body? Yeah. His shoulder I've got here. <laughs> yeah, shoulder. Uh, a torso was the word I was looking for, but I guess, no, more shoulder. But I think it went all the way through the back of, like, through him, if that makes sense, I believe. Yeah, seems to be the case. But the government surgeon was able to remove it, and he he lived. In fact, he was fine 10 days later, which it's is remarkable, pretty, isn't pretty it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, so contemporary speculation is that that was a ritual, a payback ritual that was being enacted. So a sort of a form of justice. But to the British, it was, you know, un, uh, they weren't able to sort of decipher what was going on, and suddenly the governor's being speared. Yes, though I believe Philip, uh, to his credit, took it to be some kind of misunderstanding. And it, it wasn't taken as a act of regression that then needed further um, retaliation and escalated into violence. I, I think that it was kind of left at that. Yeah, he refused to retaliate and it sort of led to a, a, a period of good peace, I suppose, between the two groups. So yeah, anyway, that's that's the history of Manly Cove in in an abridged format, which is where I'm recording my podcast from today. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, it's, it is interesting that that was definitely a very significant place um, for early encounters between the Eora and um, the British. Mm. <clears throat> I'd like you now, Alistair, to think back to the last episode of the podcast from last season, which you might recall was about the Maclay family. I recall it well. Well, I was distraught to realize upon finishing the podcast that I'd overlooked mentioning something quite important to me anyway, which was the Maclay River, which John and I rafted in April of last year. And when he realized I was recording an episode about the Maclays, was <laughs> finished the episode and was like, why was there no reference to the river? And I was like, oh, I can't believe I missed it. Assumed that that was going to be kind of front and center. Yeah. So the Maclay River is a coastal River on the up on the north coast of New South Wales, um, Kempsey is probably the town most people would know that's on the Maclay, and we were rafting upstream of there. Now, 
there's a couple of reasons why you might be interested in the Maclay aside from my rafting adventures. The first is that it was a red cedar cutting hotspot in the 1820s mm-hmm. and onwards. And the second is that, and this is probably the relationship to the episode that I should have made, is that it was given a bunch of different names in the early years, including the Wright River, Trail River, and the New River, before finally settling on the Maclay River, which was named in honour of Alexander Maclay. Fascinating. Hmm. So that's all my vignettes and extra information from last season. Alistair, uh, would you fancy telling us a little about what you have coming up for us this time around? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as is custom, we will be doing an eight episode season. Four stories each is the idea. And this season, I'm planning on venturing out a little and loosely basing three of my episodes on topics that I generally feel completely underqualified to discuss. These being politics, religion, and economics, respectively. But after two seasons of stories from Sydney, I'm feeling flush with confidence and ready to take them on. You've tread the safe ground. Yeah, now it's time to really jump into it. As always, though, uh, there'll be a healthy number of quirky stories about Sydney locations and buildings, etc. scattered throughout. So you won't be subjected to just lengthy lectures on politics and religion. And the mood will never get particularly serious. But... For one of my stories, I'm very excited to announce that I've really played the Timestrap Dad card. And after a lovely back and forth with one of our listeners, I actually uh, roped him into telling us the story rather than doing it myself. So we have first up this season, a very special guest episode. Uh, so I'm going to do three myself and one with a, one with a guest coming in. Well, that's very exciting. Breaking the rigid stories from Sydney format. Indeed. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing um, someone else's point of view about the history of Sydney. Yeah. And uh, on that note, and I know we haven't been, we actually haven't been in touch all that much since we, uh, since we finished the last season. Sometimes we, we do spend time together as friends and not just podcast, <laughs> <laughs> podcast partners. But I would love to know what you have been thinking would be make for good stories for the upcoming season three yourself. Yeah, well... As usual, I don't have a coherent theme connecting my stories. And as also usual, I'm actually yet to finalize four stories. I've got five ideas that I'm tossing around for the four coveted episodic spots. Of the five I've shortlisted, four might primarily take place outside of Sydney. Oh, this again, Jed. (laughs) We've talked about this. But to come around to something you will like, three of them are listener suggestions. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Two of them focus on our maritime history. Ooh. There we go. And one will obviously miss out, but it will remain on my ever-growing shortlist of (laughs) ideas for future seasons. (laughs) I've got a very long shortlist myself. Yeah. I've been spoiled spoiled for choice with listener suggestions, which is really exciting. Amusingly, the uh, the listener suggestions always seem to be for Jed. People aren't interested in me telling the story. Well, you've got a special guest coming on that you mentioned was was uh, yeah, rounded up from our listeners. So I think I might have hijacked too that much one there. self-pity. <laughs> um, but wonderful. So some maritime history in there. Sounds great. <clears throat> we got the commercial history. Um, we might have a little bit of crime thrown in there. I know you love a good true crime story. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do seem to do a lot of episodes about crime. So I'm looking mm. forward to one mm-hmm. from you. 
So next week, Alistair, our first episode will be released. Oh, sorry, next fortnight, right? Next fortnight, sure. Next fortnight. What do we have to look forward to? In a fortnight's time, we will have our first proper episode out, and that will be with our special guest, uh, Louis Heath, who is coming in to talk to us about the history of bolos in Sydney. We uh, mentioned it once in passing, and he's done quite a bit of research on bolos and got in touch with us saying that he thinks it would definitely be worth an episode, and he's coming in to talk to us about it. That is excellent. I love bolos. I think they're one of the more sort of perhaps egalitarian elements of Australian culture. There's not too much to dislike about them. Well, not that I know yet. Maybe all that will come unraveled when I find about their awful, dark history um, next fortnight. But I'm hoping not. Yeah, no, definitely for me too. They're, they're kind of a symbol of matesy Australian egalitarian ethos. Wonderful. And you've already told me what it is, so I don't have to worry about guessing a clue. Phew. Yeah, you're luckily off the hook this time, but we will be going back to our regular clue giving and clue guessing uh, <laughs> after, after that first guest episode. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, hopefully you're all as excited as we are, everyone, and we'll uh, see you in a fortnight's time for our first episode of season three of Stories from Sydney, History of the Harbour City. Looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs>